Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 11 this week. But first, let me introduce my co-host and friend, Hugo. How are you doing today? I'm very well, as I am pretty much always, because I'm very excited to talk about paddle shock. And yeah, all good. I'm actually taking a bit of time off and I'm on holiday, but there's always time for paddle, isn't there? <laughs> Hugo, answer this question honestly. Isn't this your favorite time of the week? <laughs> I'm going to have to say yes. My girlfriend might kill me, but it is a fantastic time of the week. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, what a, what a week of paddle, right? Yeah, crazy. Very good tournament, I must say. I think we'll go into that uh, initially. Of course, we're talking about the Valencia Open 1000, which had a lot of really good matches. Uh, let me start with you, Hugo. What do you, what did you make of it? Well, I thought it was a sensational tournament, as, to be honest, most of the World Paddle Tour tournaments have been this season. I was, well, quite shocked that Coyo and Dabia lost, and also that they lost against Galan and Sant. Not because Galan and Sant played a bad match or because they're bad players, they're sensational players and they played a sensational match against Coyo and Tapia. In my personal opinion, the best match of the tournament, without a doubt. But I would have expected them to lose to the Super Bibes, maybe, for example. But I really didn't expect them expect Tapia and Coyo to lose against Galan and Sant. So, yeah, big surprise for me there. And a couple of other surprises, to be honest. Deo and Reef making their first semi-finals of the season, which I've got to be honest, I'm super glad to see because they're both such hard workers and really, really nice guys on the tour. They're very quick to congratulate their peers when they lose and on social media, particularly Reef. So I'm really glad to see that the hard work has paid off for them. And even though they lost the semi-finals, I think, Hopefully, this will be a boost for their confidence. And, well, to be honest, Momo and Sanyo were a bit of a disappointment once again. And I've got to be honest, the worst thing about it is not the fact they're losing games. That's normal. The World Paddle Tour is at a really high level at the moment. There's so many top players that are performing really well. But I just feel the fact that they don't look in sync on court is the bigger problem. And as I've said during our previous episodes a few times, I'm really worried that their partnership might end sooner than some of us think. So that would be kind of my overall thoughts. But Gons, do you want to delve a bit deeper into what the Adeslas Valencia left us? Yes, for sure. I agree with you that the best match was probably the semi-final between Tapia Coelho and Ale Galan and John Samp. Maybe just to go a bit deeper into that, I I was really surprised by John Sand. And I think, you know, I'm going to take this moment to give him a bit of a tribute uh, because mm-hmm. I I really think that obviously, well, now his time has come to an end being with Ali Alan, but he's really stepped up to the plate. One of the things that I was wondering when they first started their partnership is, will he adjust the law or will he still remained as confident as he normally is? Was he? Will he still take on quite a bit of the workload? Will he st- still be as aggressive as he normally is? And I think he has done all that, which I think is, you know, just a credit to him because 
it can be so daunting to obviously pair up with the number, you know, w- with a number one and just not live up to the expectations or just be shy and, you know, he's scared about like missing shots and all of that. But he's been completely the opposite. I've seen him really go after balls, be aggressive. And I think that's, yeah, that, that's sort of being reflected in this final tournament where, you know, they were able to beat Cuello Tapia, which only another pair have done this season. And they were able to make a final, his first final. So well done to him there. And yeah, it's been a very, very, I'm sure it's been an amazing learning curve for him. And uh, he's got a very good chance to make the the Masters finals as sort of we've discussed in, in a previous episode before. And then, so that was definitely one of one of my highlights. And then I'm going to go as well, maybe a bit into Momo Sanyo and, and Alex uh, and Tejo. I think, the main difference between the two pairs is sort of the trajectories in terms of not only results, but also like just feet, like playing feeling. Um, I can't remember exactly which match it was between Alex and Tejo. I think it was against Paquito and Chingoto very recently as well, where they came so close to winning and, and, and sort of going into the semifinals, which they hadn't done before. And we've just seen them you know, they're, they're playing and the results get better and better. And it's the opposite feeling with Momo and Sanyo, which is they're not only losing, but as you said as well, it's that feeling of each time they're playing worst and the way they're losing is worst. So it just doesn't give good energy at all at the moment. Um, the results obviously back that, that they're not doing that well, but we'll see how, how it you know how it goes. I had high hopes for them as uh, they were sort of my uh, dark horse finalists, <laughs> but uh, it hasn't it hasn't gone exactly their way. Um, but we'll see. I, I do agree with you that the outlook, you know, at the moment at least, it, it isn't so great. Yeah, I totally agree. And just to touch on John Sanf once again, very quickly, I've got to be honest. I really did not expect him to be as consistent as he's being this season and as consistent as he's been when playing with Alan. He's always had a very high ceiling. We've always said that. He's a very electric player and when he's playing well, he's so dangerous. But he always struggled mentally and that was his biggest aspect to improve. And when he played with Lamberti, when things got tough in matches, he sometimes struggled to be at the level and made silly mistakes as per se. And now it's just completely the opposite. It's He plays even better during the key points. So it's great to see. And as I say, I really didn't expect him to hit this level at least as quickly as he has. And he's becoming one of the hottest forehand prospects out there, to be honest. Also due to the added advantage that, as we've mentioned a few times, being a lefty and playing on the forehand side of the court is a big advantage. But I completely agree regarding Momo and Sanya, as I've said. I don't think it's worth exploring that much further. What I think is really interesting to talk about is do you think if we see pair changes happen amongst key players, do you think Teo and Ruiz, and to be honest, Momo and Sanyo as well, will stick together? Because Teo and Ruiz, as we've said, haven't been performing as expected. They have just made their first semi-final and that's been their best result so far. But say one of those pairings changed for some reason or another top pairing changed do you think those four players would be tempted for a change 
I think they would. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, obviously, it depends who would be available. But, you know, if, for example, John Sanz and Koki Nieto don't work out, like, interesting pair could be Momo, John Sanz, Koki Nieto, Sanyo, for example. Um, for sure. So, And I, I can do... even see Tejo Sanyo, as I've said previously. Yeah. I could really see them work together. I think they played together when during one of the group stage matches during the previous Paddle World Cup when they Argentina obviously ended up winning the trophy against Spain in the fi- against Spain in the final and they played really well so I could really see them together yeah I think the the only thing is is obviously it's a bit of a riskier move just because they don't have like the historical background that for example the current pro- players that they're with have um, and quote unquote, they don't have that pedigree as such. But obviously, they're you know they're still obviously fantastic players like young and up and coming. And it will be more of a risky move, but I could definitely see it happening if you know they're not feeling their pair or you know even potentially Yang Wasvela. Like sure, their their the energy seems like fine. It seems like they get along, but still, just seems like the results are you know, not really there at the moment. And I don't really see, I mean, we've sort of said this in an episode before, it's like, unless there's like really some sort of disruption at the top, top, like I don't even see them having a chance of of breaking through and, and, and winning games. Whereas, for example, other pairs like, you know, Alex and, and Deyo have that sort of ceiling potentially. You see what I mean? I completely see what you mean. And also, who knows, maybe Chingoto Bakito could consider other partners because... I know they've been having a good season, but they aren't being able to compete with Stubadineno, Goyotapia, and probably, I think, Lebron Galan, now that they're going to be back very soon. So will they consider different pairs? Gingotto's playing some of the best paddle of his career, maybe back with Deyo. Who knows? <laughs> but um, I definitely, yeah, I just wanted to ask you the question because I thought, I personally think they would all consider pair changes if top players became available. Yeah, I, I completely agree, especially in that fringe of, I still, for example, I think Paquita and Chingoto are like quite secure and, you know, they are there in thereabouts. Like I don't, this specific tournament, for example, in Valencia, I def, I felt like they threw that match away. I'm not going to lie. I really thought they could beat Stupa and, you know, they've had, they had multiple breaks. They were up breaks, I think both, both in the first set and second set as well. They were what, indeed. And it was one of those Paquitos, you know, emotional games where a couple of points didn't go his way and it just sort of felt more like they lost the game rather than, you know, Super Deportivos actually won the match. But um, so I do feel like they're quite stable in that sense and it will take a lot for them to switch. But the other ones, I definitely feel like, you know, there, there could be some, some movement there. Agreed. And I just wanted to add one final point on... Valencia, then we'll move on to probably today's main topic. Lucho Gabra and Maxi Sanchez back to their best. They are now consistently making the quarterfinals. And as we've said previously, I think their best paddle has been together. They were really good when they played together last season. And obviously they decided to team up for a second time this season. And they're just so consistent and they seem really, really in sync on court. They're probably not hitting the level to compete toe-to-toe with the top pairs 
But I really think they can challenge players like Momosanyo, Deo Ruiz, even Chingoto Paquito if they're if it's their day. So yeah, I just wanted to to mention that. But to be honest, I think moving on and I've got to be honest, I'm very, very excited for this. Juan Lebron, El Lobo, for some, one of the greatest paddle players ever. For me, probably the most consistent paddle player over the last five years is finally back from his injury. And it's such good news for paddle, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. I think we've all been awaiting this moment. And to be honest, what a time for Ale Galan as well to hit like peak form. <laughs> Just when El Lobo, as you said, is back. And now that we've got Stupa and Dineno basically on fire as well, uh, it's going to make for an incredible uh, tournament in, in Rome. Obviously, Lebron is back for this week's Rome uh, Premier Paddle Major. And uh, yeah, massive news. Probably not the best time for then uh, Tapia and Coelho to dip slightly in form, but I'm sure that they'll be there. And, you know, they're sort of like becoming this uh, Paddle's big, three you know big three pairs which yeah I can't wait to see to be honest I think Lebron brings so much to to Paro and to, to Ale Alan as, as you mentioned just I think he's he's consistently excellent basically to put it that way like he can he can play any shot at you know nine or ten out of ten so yeah it's just I think it's it's great for for him to be back and yeah, I guess uh, all the other players have to watch out. What do you What do you think? <laughs> Completely agree. And just for the awareness of our listeners, I wanted to talk a little bit about the injury that's kept Lebron out. So some of you may know, some of you may not know. He's been out due to epicondylitis, so commonly known as tennis player's elbow. And obviously it's a very common injury for racket sport players, so tennis players, paddle players, squash players, etc. It essentially means inflammation of the tendons that enable the hand to bend backwards. And so pain, therefore, appears in your elbow and forearm. And so a lot of top, top players in tennis, paddle, squash have suffered from this injury. I remember Novak Djokovic was out for a couple of months, a few years ago, due to epicondylitis. And he actually suffered, well, a small relapse when he came back, much like Lebron. And well, the the big issue with this injury is that the only real cure is to completely stop playing. And that's why it's so lethal, because we saw in Lebron's case, he was injured, he took a couple of tournaments to get back and rest a bit. And straight away, he had to decide to put a full stop and essentially stop playing for what has it been? Six to eight weeks, yeah. which is a very long time for professional sports. So, I have, I have a question for you, Hugo. Then, in theory, could this injury come back? Yes. So, that's the thing. So, once you've had epicondylitis, it's really common to get it again. And there isn't really a cure. As I say, what doctors recommend is stopping completely. But because it's inflammation, inflammation can happen. Yeah. whatever really so they do say that if you have an extended period where don't strain the elbow too much then you should be good to go and this will hopefully be Lebron's case but yeah let's hope for the best fingers crossed right 
Yeah, indeed. I wasn't aware of that, to be honest. So that's very, yeah, very helpful information. But I please, fingers crossed that nothing happens and we can have a long time period of, of Lebron playing. Agreed. Agreed. And you know what? I've got a question for you, Don. Go so on. there's about 15 tournaments left this season, more yeah. or less. There's about, I think, about 11 or 10 World Paddle Tour tournaments left and five Premier Paddle tournaments, maybe a couple more. I think there's... But actually, there's seven. seven. There might seven. be seven. Yeah. So, you know what? I was wrong there. So, there's about 17, 18 tournaments left. How many tournaments do you think Lebron and Galan are going to win? Oof. That is a great question. Uh, <laughs> how many did we say there are left? Sorry. So... If my calculations are correct, I believe there's 10 tournaments left, World Paddle Tour tournaments, plus seven Premier Paddle tournaments. So 17 in total. I might be slightly wrong, but more or less. I might say like six. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would actually go with five, but five, very yeah. similar guess. I yeah. think they'll I think they'll split quite evenly between essentially the top three pairs, and mm. there's obviously potentially in their tournaments that I don't think that obviously they'll play every single tournament as well. I mean, I highly doubt mm. it. Um, mm. But yeah, I think they will be up there. I agree. Potentially, they might struggle to win the next two, three tournaments. Obviously, Lebron being out for so long. But to be honest, I just think he's so good that. They could go and win this week's tournament in Rome, don't you think? Completely agree, yeah. I think they, you know, with Coelho and Tapia sort of dipping a bit in form and as well, I thought that their match that they lost in, in the final was a bit of like an attitude, well, sorry, in the semi-final was more towards attitude. So, yeah, are they in that moment as well where, you know, they're tired or all of these different things? Whereas now Maybe lack they, of motivation? Yeah, exactly. And and to be honest, now we're in a moment where Lebron and Galan are just going to be so fired up. They haven't won a single tournament this year. Like They, they are going to be really up for it. Yeah, and just to touch very quickly on Goya and Tabia specifically, because we didn't really talk about their performance much in, well, their performance in Valencia that much. And I don't want to go back to that for, for too long. But I did also feel that they were almost not that motivated as I've seen before, probably because they've won so many matches this season. This was only the third match that they've lost. To be fair, it was a very tight match and it could have gone their way. But I have a feeling that it might be due to their injuries. So when Galan was interviewed after the semi-final, he made reference to... Basically, he said that Tabian Coelho were having a tough season due to injuries. And I was quite surprised. So I really do feel that Tabia is not fully recovered from his injury, his elbow injury. And Coelho was out for a tournament, if I'm not mistaken, a few weeks ago. So maybe they're, you know, carrying some niggles, which we don't know about, and players on the tour do. Exactly, yeah. We don't we don't really know. And obviously, with their current record and if you're sort of feeling a bit uncomfortable you know they they'll they'll be thinking why am I you know is there any point in me wasting so much energy and 
So at, at the moment, obviously, the number one is not currently at risk as well. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they are sort of, I guess, not cruising or like smashing everyone as they have been lately. Yeah, agreed. And one other thing that we wanted to touch on, obviously, this week's tournament, this upcoming tournament is the Rome Major, Rome Major, Premier Paddle Major. And it's the second Premier Paddle tournament this season after the Qatar Oridu Major at the start of the year. And, well, we one of the things we wanted to talk about, and I was incredibly surprised about this, is the Premier Paddle rankings. So they're completely different to the World Paddle Tour rankings. And the only thing that matters is players' previous results in Premier Paddle tournaments. So I've actually seen that Agustin Tapia is currently ranked 12th in the Premier Paddle rankings. And, for example, Fernando Velasterin is ranked 4th. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It feels like a completely different world, right? Completely different world. I mean, it's going to make, for example, this week's tournament in Rome really interesting because the seedings are completely different. And, well, for example, Coelho and Tapia's journey to a final hypothetical final if they made it is so much tougher than well their current journeys in world paddle tour tournaments so yeah i mean very surprised i completely understand the premier paddle would go for this format at the end of the day if they're trying to push their tour they have to exclusively base the rankings on premier paddle tournament results but yeah really really baffled by it yeah and i think you know this this also may have implications for next year because i think we've seen at the beginning of the year that premier paddle and world paddle tour are in talks to essentially unify and create one single paddle tour or professional paddle tour so we're not really sure how essentially the ranking is going to work from next year onwards but according to the reports and the rumors that are going out there is that the rankings will be based on, you know, the premier paddle ranking. So obviously this is quite important. And uh, yeah, the, you know, in, in terms of like the draws, as you mentioned, obviously the higher seeding, you know, the, the in theory, the better draw you have. And I think we can see that, for example, this week where Coelho Tapia would have to go through Momo and Sanyo and then in the se- in the quarters, I believe, and then in the semis, Stupadineno, and then in the final, Leonangangalan. So obviously that's much harder than what they've been sort of accustomed to in, in World Paddle Tour. But yeah, maybe also as well to give a bit of uh, background to our listeners into, you know, Premier Paddle. Um, it was a tour that's been formed, you know, formed, I think it was a year ago. And um, it's owned by QSI's Qatar Sports Investments, I believe. Uh, Indeed. And uh, the chairman of Premier Paddle is Nasser Al-Khelaifi, who's also the president of, of PSG. Um, so, yeah, they've they've created a, a separate paddle tour, which with significant, um, I would say, well, with a significant increase in terms of price, you know, total prize money. And uh, that's why, obviously, it's been very, I guess, why players have been so keen to join Premier Paddle Tour and initially it was just the men's 
but as of uh, March this year, women's have joined as well. So actually this tournament, this Premier Paddle tournament will be the first one that uh, women's play, which is also, you know, great news. And uh, yeah, there's eight tournaments this year uh, split between majors, P1s, and in theory, P2s, though there's not an actual P2 tournament this year. Maybe we'll get some in, in the following year. But yeah, I guess uh, maybe a question for you, Hugo, is um, do you like Premier Paddle? Um, obviously, right now it's, it's great for the fans because it's all available for free on YouTube. And uh, they're playing some pretty cool venues as well, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be honest. I think the, the arrival of Premier Paddle is great for Paddle. They are going to be working hand in hand with the International Paddle Federation, which I think is great. I don't agree with the fact that if the rumours are true, the rankings will be based on Premier Paddle rankings exclusively from next year onwards. Because at the end of the day, the World Paddle Tour is king, in my eyes at least. And it would be really unfair for, for example, Goyo and Tapia's season to be ignored. But I do understand that because they'll be working in conjunction with International Paddle Federation, which is obviously Paddle's governing body on a global scale, then they're going to have to go with that. But I really don't agree. But just going back to the point on whether Premier Paddle is good, I think it's great. The fact that they've included, well, the women's tournaments and women in Premier Paddle is fantastic. And I think it's essential. And it'll be great for the growth of women's paddle. And I think it's great that prize money is much bigger than World Paddle Tour prize money. So I wanted to drop in a random stat, and I think I mentioned it to you before. It's not random, but I was very surprised about it. So prior to this week's, well, last week's Valencia Open, Stupan Dinero had actually won more prize money this season than Guayan Tapu, which for me is baffling. They had only won three tournaments prior to Valencia, one Premier Paddle tournament and two World Paddle Tour tournaments. And obviously, Guayo and Tapia had won every other tournament. <laughs> but because the Premier Paddle tournaments are so much bigger in terms of prize money, that's why. And it really, really surprised me. But as I say, it's great for Paddle. It'll mean that there's more investment. And ultimately, it should mean that that money gets reinvested into the sport. And for example, I know that players have mentioned during interviews that the conditions and essentially the, well, the stadiums and everything surrounding Premier Paddle Tour or Premier Paddle tournaments, sorry, is so much better than World Paddle Tour tournaments. So for players, it's great. For viewers, it's great as well because it means more paddle. I do think that it needs to be unified with World Paddle Tour because otherwise we're going to have too many tournaments during the season, as we mentioned previously, and that's going to end up in a lot of injuries. But yeah, that's my take. How about you, Gons? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. I think, uh, in a way, World Paddle Tour needed a bit of a kick in the, in the backside, to put it that way. Uh, I think players you know, were complaining a lot around the conditions of, of paddle and you know, to make it sustainable, 
it was it was I guess very welcome that sort of premier paddle came about to to essentially you know ins- inspire this discussion of like player conditions you know number of tournaments all these different things there, there's been sort of a bit of a I guess not not fight but there's been quite a bit of tension between the players and the world paddle tour in, in the past so I think the fact that premier paddle came around and sort of gave them another tour for players to to essentially to develop the game of paddle because I think it essentially having two tours at the end of the day, even though at the beginning it might seem messy, I think it's all towards the benefit of paddle and will make paddle, you know, better in the future, more professional, as you mentioned, more money, more investment, which should then go into the grassroots of paddle, which is then how you essentially get a sport really like, you know, become more global, more integrated and, uh, and better. So I think now it's great that these two essentially tours are in discussions and, you know, they're willing to come to a compromise and build a unified tour, which should be pretty epic. So in that sense, I think it's great. Um, as you mentioned, though, obviously the calendar needs to be some sort of, the calendar needs to be reduced, right? We can't have like 20 odd tournaments, 20 uh, something a season, because if not, there's just a lot of risk of, of injury. So uh, overall, very happy for it and and very excited to to see this week's uh, Premier Paddle Tournament in Rome. Um, and yeah, I think we should uh, probably crack on and go to, to the race. Yeah, I agree. And I just wanted to mention one last thing. As you said, some unbelievable venues have been picked for Premier Paddle Tournaments. And for example, we're reaching new countries with Premier Paddle. This season, we've got a tournament in Egypt, which I'd never seen. Well, I'd never seen a World Paddle Tour tournament in Egypt. So as I say, yeah, Great for the sport as long as they sort out the couple of issues that we've already mentioned. But yeah, back to the race. Nice. So we end Valencia with, uh, I was quite risky um, and it didn't pay out. But in general, (laughs) it wasn't a great performance by both of us. So in a way, my losses weren't uh, as terrible as I thought they would be. But basically... Uh, Hugo exits Valencia with 37 points and I exit Valencia with 31 points. So you've increased, I guess, the the difference by six points. Previously, you were leading by five points. Um, yeah, we both obviously didn't expect Coelho and Tapia to lose in the semifinals. And uh, uh, so that really derailed, I think, both of our both of our scores but moving on into the premier paddle uh tournament hugo i'll give you the floor great and yeah i just want to emphasize the fact that i thought our performance was pretty atrocious this week mainly due to unexpected results but yeah not not a great week for either of us but yeah on to this week's major premier paddle tournament which is taking place in Rome, Italy. Great venue. So my predictions for semifinals, I'm actually going to go a little bit rogue, not too much. <laughs> I think the first semifinal will be Lebron and Galan against Ruiz Antella. I'm vouching for Ruiz Antella to make the semifinals again. And I think the sec- second semifinal will be Goyan Tapia against Stupa and Dineno, Superpibes. I think the result of the first semifinal will be two sets to love, Lebron and Galan against Ruiz and Tello. I really do think that 
if they manage to get this far. I think every game Lebron and Galan play, they're going to be better. So they might struggle more in the earlier games than the latter games of the tournament. Obviously, if they played a final against Guayan Tapia or the Subibes, that would be very tough as well. But that's kind of my take on it. And so I think the second semi-final, the result of it will be two sets to love to Guayan and Tapia against the Subibes. I actually think outdoor conditions should really favour Goya and Tapia, and I think they're going to be extra motivated after a, a slightly disappointing tournament in Valencia. And, well, the final, Anana Lebron against Goya and Tapia, what a final that would be. I actually think Goya and Tapia would win that final. Two sets to love. Wow, very interesting. I think I'm going to go with, in the first semi-final, Lebron and Galan but I'm going to go with Paquito at Chingoto instead. Instead of uh, Alex Anteo, I think Paquito Chingoto will just edge their match in the quarterfinals against uh, Alex Anteo. And then I think in the second semifinal, I'm going to go with as well Tapia Coelho against uh, Los Super Pibes. In the first semifinal, I think, I think actually Lebron Angalan will edge it two sets to one. And then in the second semifinal, I do agree with you. I think Los, uh, Los Bombarderos will edge it two sets to love. So in the final, same final as you, but I do think that Coelho and Tapia will win by two sets to one. Um, yeah, there'll be, I think, you know, sort of what we discussed previously in terms of the ranking, I think they're going to be very motivated by that. Um, so so I'll be, yeah, I think they're, they're just going to come out firing. And as you say, the outdoor court conditions should help them. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes once again. Yeah, I mean, I really do think that your prediction could come completely true. Fingers crossed it doesn't, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, as I, I say, need it. <laughs> yeah, well, you're quite close, to be honest. And it's a long, long season and many tournaments ahead. But yeah, I do think that Koya and Tapia are going to be very, very motivated, particularly for Premier Paddle Tour, well, Premier Paddle tournaments, sorry, because they need to improve their rankings. If the rumours are true, and as we mentioned previously, next season, the only rankings that count are the current Premier Paddle rankings, then they need to really push. And also the prize money. These tournaments are worth so much more money than World Paddle Tour tournaments at the moment. So, yeah. And also, honestly, no, sorry, yeah. you go for it. No, and just quickly, it's a major as well, which is sort of the highest ranking in terms of the Premier, Premier Paddle Tour format. So, you know, it's a perfect opportunity for them to to really step in into this new, the new tour. Exactly. And just a quick point on who I think the dark horses could be. Not that dark, to be honest. We've already spoken about both well all the players that i'm about to mention but garrido campagnolo always so dangerous on outdoor courts and campagnolo being back from injury garrido playing so well at the moment they could really cause some upsets i think and also Nieto john Sant, the only tournament they played together in vienna and they were outstanding exactly semi-finals yeah. and lost to the bombarderos so yeah very excited for rome to be honest <laughs> yeah and as i mentioned Everyone, please go to YouTube to see it because it's completely free. So, yeah, can't ask for anything better than that, to be honest. No. I mean, I actually saw that Ausburger and Rico had just lost the first set against Diestro and Leal. Six love. Oh. So, Diestro and Leal really 
starting off well. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think that wraps up today's episode. Uh, Hugo, it's always a pleasure to have you here and talk, you know, about paddle with you. But uh, I'll catch you next time. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Yeah. And just a last point, guys, please do reach out to us if you ever have any questions, if you ever want us to talk about any specific topics. Even if you don't like us, reach out to us and tell us. <laughs> but yeah, thanks very much for having me, Gons. And have a great week, guys. See you soon.